everybody. Today's episode of the Under the Cloud podcast is the one that I've... Okay, so I've been a bit reluctant to do this where I bring in a message that I give at church or whatever and use it as a podcast episode. But uh, the reason that I decided to do it this time is because as we start to progress into denominational episodes, into further uh, conversation with different types of doctrine and thought process, I want you guys to know who I am. I want you guys to really feel what God is dumping into my mind and my spirit at this time. And, uh, and I just wanted to say that I am extremely grateful for an opportunity to preach uh, his word to his people. I uh, don't take that uh, lightly. I take it very serious because it is a very important job, and it's one that I, I put a lot of effort into. <clears throat> now, however, when you listen to this, it may not sound like I take it serious, but that's just my uh, cadence. That's just the way that I do things. So um, so this was back in October at my local, at the church that I attend, which is Christway Church here in Derrida, Louisiana. Uh, the guy that introduces it is our associate pastor, Pastor Tim. Uh, he's a dear, dear friend. Hey, actually, he was on an episode, a couple episodes with us. Um, he did uh, the conversation we had with the the four guys and all that. So he's he's you know good friend. So, um, but I, I want to say that I appreciate you guys being patient. Uh, now that it's nice and cool in the studio, I plan on starting to uh, knock out some episodes as fast as I can, as many as I can, as quick as I can. So. Um, but I just want to say thank you very much for your love and support. Thank you for your questions. Uh, remember to go to Under the Cloud Podcast at Gmail and send in your requests for topics to talk about any of your uh, uh, questions or concerns, even complaints. Anything that you have, uh, let us know. Under the Cloud Podcast at Gmail, and then let your friends know about it. If you if we say something that you like and you think it might resonate with somebody. Um, Please let's you know share it. Let some people know about it. So looking forward to what's coming in the future, and some of the stuff that we have on the on the schedule. I'm really excited. So I, I guess that's all I got. Uh, so um, what do I have? Anything else? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm excited. It's just been a while since I've been sitting here in front of a microphone talking to you guys. So I love you guys. Appreciate it. And without any further ado, enjoy the episode. You're listening to the Under the Cloud podcast. week prayer and fasting, the week after that, family night. So, y'all ready for the word? Hey, wait, 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 they don't even know it's you, they think it's me. Hey, Jonathan! <laughs> All the way from Franklin, North Carolina? Sure. Clayton, Georgia? Clayton, Clayton. No, not Clayton, North Carolina. Franklin, Franklin, Georgia, Franklin, North Carolina, 
or Clayton, Georgia. All the way from the Appalachian. Here you go. Y'all give it up for John. I've caught myself recently. Uh, so I, my parents divorced, and so I spent time in Clayton, Georgia, and Franklin, North Carolina, which is about as far away as Deritter from Leesville, but there's a state line between them. So it changed everything, but um, one guy is like, well, which are you, from Georgia or from North Carolina? And I said, well, you know, he claimed Evans and New Iberia, and those are farther apart from each other than Franklin and Clayton, so we just have fun with that. But uh, I'm going to tell you today, so I work, of course, I work Burger Electric, so anytime a storm rolls through, if you're on the clock, when the storm hits, you're stuck. You can't leave until everything's fixed. That's, unless there's something emergency kind of stuff. And every time that I get up here, it rains. And we have a thunder bumper come through. So the next time you need it to rain, tell Pastor Vic, you need to get me up here. I got nervous today. I said, I'm leaving. I said, I don't know how I'm going to get home, but I'm leaving. I'm not going to be here when, uh, when it's time to go to church tonight. So I got everything on that piece of paper. I don't need that. Last time I tried to use a tablet, it froze up on me, and I didn't have notes, but I got notes tonight. So <clears throat> I'm really excited. Um, one of the things that the last two times that I've been up here, I preached on grace. And so to change things up tonight, I'm going to preach on grace because <laughs> that is why it has been so, it's been so big lately for me. As I read through scriptures, I come across grace in a way that I've never been able to describe before. As I, I've said before, and some of you have heard me say it, um, I've had to do a kind of a, a reset of my doctrine because I found that I was just believing stuff because that's the way I was taught. I was looking at stuff through the eyes of denomination and through different theology stuff, but I needed to look at it for what the Word said. And so I had to do a little bit of a reset, and so some things have changed. I'm open to that. Some things is, is even more solid than it was to begin with. It's even better, as you know. So this is one of those things that has not changed, but it has become better. It has become more of an understanding of, of what God has done through me and showing me, and I hope to show you guys this evening. Um, before I really get going, the uh, my aunt had a surgery today on her heart through her wrist. I don't know all. They forced her into a heart attack. For I, mean, I can't explain any of this, but they did that, and I was thinking when I got the text that she's okay or everything's good. It might have been yesterday when I got the text that everything was good. I, I wasn't like, whew, you know, and I, I realized that I was like that because I'd been praying about it, and and I was praying about it, and I felt confident in it, and when it happened, I was just like, hey, man, look, God did. It was, I was so excited to know that, that she came through that surgery, but in that, it was because I'd been, I felt like I'd confident, I'd been praying about it, and I knew that when I was praying about it, that it was going to be okay. And that was so, yesterday I caught myself going, okay. And I'm like, oh, I should be more excited. I'm like, nah, 
it was just, I, I wanted to, to share that. I don't, I don't, might not fit with anything, but that's why I want to do it now to get it out of the way. It's just how good God is. He's, keep praying. If you need something, pray about it. Okay, so what is grace? Grace, grace is a gift that you don't deserve. All of us deal with this at Christmas, right? Or any other time in life. We've, we've been given things that we don't deserve. Justice is when you get what you deserve. If you deserve a whooping and you get a whooping, that was justice. If you deserve a whooping and you didn't get the whooping, I'm not answering the phone if they call me. If, uh, yeah. if, uh, if you deserve a whooping and you don't get the whooping, that's called mercy, right? Grace is when you get something that you don't deserve. It's, a, it's double good because you didn't deserve it and you got it anyway. It's even better. So the types of grace include, but are not limited to, salvation, healing, prosperity, fruits of the Spirit, knowledge, wisdom, and there's just so many more. We can continue forever. In 1 John 2 and 27, 1 John 2, 27, we're going to read out of the NASB first, and then we're going to hit it on the Amplified. I'm going to, that's my opening scriptures tonight. It says, as for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you, that's hot. As his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it taught you, you abide in him. That's wordy, ain't it? That's the NASB. That's why I like it. Amplified. It's even more wordy. Next slide, please. Amplified says, as for you, the anointing, the special gift of grace, right? Preparation, which you receive from him, remains permanently in you. And you will have no need for anyone to teach you. But just as his anointing teaches you, giving you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit about all things. And in, it is true and is not a lie, and just as his anointing has taught you, you must remain in him, being rooted in him, knit to him. So, God and the Holy Spirit teaches you all things. There's no need, it says, there's no need for anyone to teach you, but his anointing teaches you. Does that mean we can go home now? Right? I just, I just... I just used the one-liner and I got myself out of preaching, right? So I was reading this a while back and I, and I thought, okay, so the Lord teaches us all things, right? And then I came up on another verse, which we'll get to in a few minutes, and I realized that that's a grace. I don't deserve this knowledge. He's teaching me all things. If anything, I, I am a, a security risk to know any of this stuff. The fact that he puts this in me is, a, is him showing how much he loves and trusts me. And t he wants to teach me. Teach me what? It says all things. Through his anointing. And I like that it says that it is knit to him at the end of that. That's, that's important because the Bible talks about Jonathan and David. They were knit together. If somebody, uh, my rose knitted me a, a ski cap one time. And I couldn't have ripped that thing apart if I wanted to. The way that it was knit together, it was just so intertwined. It was, it was all knit together. 
It wasn't crocheted, it was knit. Which I don't know which is stronger, but it worked for that illustration there. Grace of the Holy Spirit teaches you if you abide in Him, His Word and His personal communication through your... When you read and you study things and you go through it and you pray with Him and you have this communion with Him, He's going to show you things. He's going to teach you things. But what is He really teaching us? When you wrap it all up into one general word or concept, what is it that He's teaching us? He wants us to be like Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2... Verse 3 through 5. It says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Can you imagine doing nothing from selfishness or empty conceit? Yeah, that's hard to think about, ain't it? But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. Having This attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. King James says, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Having the mind of Christ, being like Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit is teaching us all things, which we we have no need for teachers, which we do. And I I think that's, we all understand what he's saying there. But when when, when he's teaching us, what is he teaching us? He's teaching us to be like Jesus. He's given us that example to be like Jesus. So we are to be like Jesus and have his mind. Now, not that he has my mind, but that I have his mind. And that his mind and my mind are identical because my mind becomes his mind. My attitude becomes his attitude. My my desires become his desires. My wants become his wants. So if we're to have the mind of Christ, I'm going through my notes quick. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm blowing through these quick. Uh, if we're to have the mind of Christ, we can go to John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But verse seventeen, the most unread verse in the Bible, I believe, because everybody gets to sixteen and quit. Verse seventeen says, "For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him." So, if we are to be like Jesus, Paul says, "Have the mind of Christ." That we are to be like Jesus and not judge the world, but to love the world, just as we talked about. Or I wrote, being like Jesus is at first, it's called showing grace. You're showing grace. But as we talked about last week with contentment, or I brought that point because God laid it on me and it worked out here too, that at first we're content because we have to be. At first we're gracious because we have to be. At first we're loving because we have to be. But He teaches us through the power of the Holy Spirit and through that Holy Ghost fire, that, and it changes us and it molds us. And it takes that clay that's burnt and it makes it malleable again and reshapes it. And it makes it to the point where we stop showing grace and have grace. So, one of the things that when I was in the Navy, we were talking about how Southern hospitality, right? Everybody is so nice. Everybody will wave at you and say hi, and they'll talk to you in the grocery store. 
But there's a lot of people that, that aren't from here that don't understand that's kind of a facade. Because a lot of people show respect, but they ain't got no respect for nobody. I can show all kinds of respect to somebody. I can say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. No, sir, no, ma'am. I cannot interrupt you. I can open the door for you. I can help you when you need it. But at the same time, I have no respect for you at all. But I can show that respect. And there's a difference when we see that and we realize that a lot of times we show the attributes of Jesus, but we don't have the attributes of Jesus. And I'm okay if you're new in your faith and you're learning and you're growing. I'm okay with you showing it. But I just pray that you get to that point that you have it. And let me tell you, I'm praying that I get to the point that I have it. We need to shift. Man, I'm telling you what, the Lord got me good the other night. I want to write this. Man, I was so excited too. Y'all ready for this? We need to shift from being judgmental to being evangelical. Right? And we need to have that mind. And be about his business. And Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. We need to be the same way if we have the mind of Jesus. So I'm going to read. It's not up here. There's a lot of reading, so I didn't feel like typing all that up. Or else, sorry. I didn't feel like copying and pasting all that last night. So, But Titus 2, if you want to go there, you can follow along with me. It was kind of funny because... We had the men's thing, and the pastor said Titus 2. And I'm like, no, uh-uh, stay out of my sermon. You know, because I already started working on this. So in Titus 2, we're going to do a little bit of reading. It says, but as for you, speak the things which are fitting. Verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, and perseverance. Older women are likewise to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may, be, may not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be a good example of good deeds with purity and doctrine dignified. Use that word dignified again. Sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, in order that the opponent may be put to shame having nothing bad to say about you. Urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters and everything to be well-pleasing, not argumentative. That's one i got to work on. Not argumentative. Not pilfering, but showing all good faith that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in every respect. Now, if you go through that and you line item everything on that list that applies to you, male, female, whatever. If, if you line item every different thing on there, it's safe to say that we all got some work to be done, right? It's safe to say that we're all in need of a little bit closer to the Lord. We all need a little more. And I would say that because I know I know how people are. We all need something. But look at verse 11 here. It says, for, uh, again, I'm sorry, it's not, well, actually, that is up there. Yes, it is. 
For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to men. The grace, again, bringing salvation, a gift that you don't deserve. But there's a comma. The comma, then the next one says, instructing, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. The grace is teaching you. It's a grace that we don't deserve. His desire is for us to open a package, look inside that package, and enjoy the gift of knowledge. Enjoy the gift of Him teaching us to be more like Him. Like I said last time, right? It, there's, Christmas time, you're going to look under a tree and you're going to see a whole lot of different boxes of grace. But what's in each box? It might be a Nerf gun. It might be a dog. Better not be a dog. It might be a, it might, who knows what it is. There are all kinds of things in it. But until you open it and you pull it out and you start using it, there's, it's just a box. And a lot of times we just use the generic word grace. And I know I said that last time, but that's, that was so important because we have to look at what each individual thing the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. He's trying to make us better. He wants us to be better. And there's a purpose for it. It's not just for us. There's a purpose for that. When he says that he's instructing, again, it says bringing salvation to all men, comma, instructing us. It's teaching us. That's a grace that I want. That's a grace that I want poured out on me. That's one of the amazing graces we sing about. Because I'm telling you, there's been stuff poured into me that I've been able to articulate to people that I know did not come out of this head. I know it didn't. It only happened because God showed me that. When, he, when Jesus said to Peter, who do you say I am? He said, you are the Christ, the Son of God. That was grace. That was showing him that. That was teaching him that. And I want to be open to more and more of that grace. But we must remember that we are being matured. Remember the song from the 80s? He's still working on me to make me what ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun on the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. And I understand that, right? I was 1985, I believe, the first time I sang that in church, a little kid. But it's still true. He's still working on us. We have to be mature and see what it is that he's trying to do. Sometimes he changes us without us understanding that we changed. Has that ever happened to anybody? Has anybody ever changed and realized later that you changed? Has anybody ever read scripture and said, Lord, that's something that I don't, I'm not doing, but I need you to do that in me. Lord, I need you to do that in me. And a few months later, you realize that he had done that in you. There's different ways he does it, but he's the one doing it. Co-worker today said, I'm a lot better than I used to be. And I said, yeah, but it ain't because of you. I didn't say that. I thought that. But it ain't because of him. It's because of what Jesus has done through him. What the Holy Spirit has done through him, teaching me all things. When I, I, I've probably told this story a hundred times, and probably all sick of hearing it, but maybe somebody online hadn't, right? When I was 18, I remember getting out of boot camp, realizing that I didn't know a whole lot. But I remember looking back to when I was like 
pre-boot camp in high school thinking that I had a lot of stuff figured out, but coming out of boot camp realized I didn't have nothing figured out. And then I got to San Diego, got married, realized at 18 I thought I had it figured out. I didn't know anything at 25. I looked back at 22. And then I remember turning around 29 or 30, and I remember having this conversation with God where I realized that at 25 I thought I had it figured out. And now here at 30, I don't. I remember him asking me, will you ever have it all figured out? And I said, probably not. He said, so don't act like you do. Always be willing to learn. Always be willing to bring in more. To, to ask him to teach, it, teach me. Again, shifting from showing to having. In, in anything. Showing love and mercy to having love and mercy. Showing compassion to actually having compassion. And it's okay if you're still showing. Because I want to show you the mercy or the grace because you're not there yet, maybe. Because I'm not there yet and there are these other things. But we all need to be moving closer and forward. We all got to be moving forward to getting more and more of what he's after in us. Then, so we go from showing grace to having grace, and then we got to do the most important and hardest step, and that is receiving grace. Because we like to disqualify ourselves from what God has for us, for whatever reason. Like it's... We could spend days talking about all the reasons that we disqualify ourselves. From our childhood to our adulthood to the color of your skin to the genders, whatever you are. Like, it doesn't matter. You disqualify yourself. But God has not. We have to receive what it is that he's teaching us. We have to receive what it is he's trying to tell us. Another thing that God gave me to write down. We cannot accomplish anything good or godly without first having an example of how to do it. I'll read that again. We cannot accomplish anything good or godly without first having an example of how to do it. Jesus was our example. The Holy Bible is our example. Sometimes your example was your grandparent. But they got it from Jesus too. And so you got to see it in a different way. You got to see that action working in something different. Man, it's raining. Hope your windows ain't down. He's trying to teach us, and then he shows us, right? In, in John, it's, first John, it says that I can love you because he first loved me. The only reason I have the ability of loving Michael Maddox, because he's sitting there by himself, is because... Jesus loved me first. That's the only way that I have that ability. And I know a lot of people who have so much hate and resentment in them about anybody toward everybody. And you know that all you need is Jesus to let him, let, let him just get inside of you. And you meet, those, you meet those people, right? We've all met them people who are just mean, salty people. And they find Jesus and all of a sudden they're nice. And you're like, what? (laughs) 
How awesome is that? Because he changes them. He changed them. And we have to be excited when that happens because he changed me too. He's still changing me. I hope he never, the only time I want him to stop changing me is when we, you know, get caught up, right? I can love because he first loved. I can forgive because he first forgave me. I can show grace because he has always shown me all different types of grace. We were talking in our Bible, in the, the Sunday night Bible study, we're going through hitting on uh, Saul and what Saul and the, and, you know, King Saul was doing. And we all know the story. We all know the end. And as we're reading it, the other day we were talking about it, and I realized, somebody, it might have been Tim that said it, or somebody else that said that they find themselves having more compassion for Saul now than they've ever had. Because we've always been judgmental over the guy who disobeyed God, the guy who used the medium to bring Samuel back. We always be, we're always like, oh, that guy was an idiot. You know, like, he turned his back on God, duh, dummy. We're, we do that. And me and Tim, I was like, am I seeing that? Because that, that might have been what started this whole thing. Sorry. But that's what, that's, I, we were doing that. And then we talked about it. And then I, that conversation shifted from being judgmental to thinking about how we all do the same thing. And how it's important for us to look at somebody who's making a mistake and even go back in history and you see somebody making a mistake and realize that we still have to show compassion because we know that they have an enemy. I know that Adolf Hitler had an enemy and that enemy that hated him hates me too. That enemy that hated him and pushed him to do what he did has tried to push me to do things and has pushed me to do things that I shouldn't do. I have to have that compassion. I was thinking there's a kind of a sidebar, right? I was thinking about this conspiracy theory about how a lot of the German Nazi generals or officers got away and they went to Argentina, okay? Just a conspiracy theory. And I was thinking about how cool would it be if we walked in the gates of heaven and the first person we see is Adolf Hitler? Because when he was in Argentina, he gave his life to Jesus. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Our, we have to have that mind of like, yeah, uh, well, you know, I don't really want him there because he was a really bad guy. No, we got to be Jesus. We got to have that mind. We want everybody to be saved, no matter how bad of a person they are. We have to want grace in them. We have to want to see grace moving in them. I have to show myself grace to show grace to you. You know, uh, it says that I, uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and body, and spirit. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's a caveat there we always jump across. You have to love yourself. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. You have to love God, and you have to love yourself. And then you love your neighbor as you love yourself. The same thing works for grace. I can show you grace because I have to show myself grace sometimes. I have to realize that I'm also a person who is struggling and fighting and trying to claw his way through this. That the flesh and blood that I'm not wrestling against is me. That's so bizarre to even say that out loud. 
But I have to understand that it's important for me to love everybody, to have compassion for everybody, to see somebody that's laying on the streets, maybe with a needle hanging out of their arm, and not go, but to go, Lord, what can we do? How can we be compassionate? How can we help people? Because they need, a, they need you like I need you. And I want them to have a relationship with you that's better than the one I got. In Titus chapter 3, it's not on the board. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 through 7 says, For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, Spending our lives in malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. That's crazy, right? That's true. Is it true? We were all once there. It's true. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy. We're saved not on our deeds, but on His mercy. Not what we do, what He did. That's what that says. By the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That, verse 7, says, That being justified by His grace, we might be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We can very easily get caught up in this I'm better than that person mentality. And that is not good. (laughs) That is not good. But guess what? When you see somebody in that I'm better than that person mentality, don't go, well, at least I don't do what they do. And then, at least I don't do what he does. You know what I'm saying? It's dangerous, ain't it? It's easy to go, man, at least I ain't doing what that guy is doing. You know, there's a whole group of people that sit around on the Internet and they watch preachers. And when they fail, they're like, yes, got it. All they care about is catching preachers messing up, catching politicians messing up. Back up and show compassion. Back up and show grace. Back up and show love. Back up and give them mercy because guess what? You got mercy. I got mercy. So, what is the point, right? Let's wrap this up. Holy Spirit wants to teach us to be more like Jesus. And by doing so, there's so many things. But we're talking tonight about showing mercy. Showing grace. Not being judgmental, but being evangelical. I love that. Thank you, Lord. I'm so excited about that. I was bragging about that today. Not that it was me, but that God just said, be less judgmental and more evangelical. Because when we're doing that, when we're showing Christ, when we're living Christ and having Christ, all these things are working in us and receiving the grace, because I need it. Here I am. I'll take every bit of it I can get. When we're doing that, then we start to show the kindness of God. And go back to John three seventeen says he didn't send his son to judge the world, but by the, him the world might be saved. Can I save the world? Absolutely not. But I can show Jesus. I can show compassion. 
I can show love. I can show mercy. And I can go back here where it says in verse 4, But when the kindness of our God, of the God our Savior and His love of mankind appeared, I can be that. How can I be that? I ain't got this figured out yet. I'll never have this figured out, but I'm trying. We all need to be trying to get closer and closer and understand that what we need is a deeper relationship. This is because of His kindness of God that draws man into repentance. What greater way can we be like Jesus than to love people deeply, truly, and show Jesus-level grace? Can I show Jesus-level grace every day? I'm going to give it a shot. Did I show Jesus-level grace today? Probably not. As a matter of fact, I know I didn't. As a matter of fact, I know today I didn't show the Jesus level grace. But guess what? Tomorrow, or right now, starting right now, I'm going to move on. I'm going to say, Lord, I want to be more like you. Help me right now. Right now. I'm not going to wait until midnight and start over. I'm going to start over right now. The minute you realize it, start over right now. That's what's important is that we, at the end of the day, we can say without a shadow of a doubt that we understand that we all need help. And we all need more of Him. And we all need to have His compassion toward everybody, including ourselves, including our enemies, including our in-laws and our family that we don't like. The aunt that I was talking about earlier, me and hers had a rough go. And I was glad that God has put me in a place where I can be excited that she's okay. But that was all Him. That wasn't me, because I'm telling you, if it was me, I'd still be mad. But God's so good. Is He good? Amen. Amen. I'm so excited. So I just thought about this. A few years ago, Miss Chris, was talk, we were talking about the, well, in the denomination I grew up in, we referred to it as the Day of Pentecost. In the late 1800s, in the late 1800s in Tennessee, North Carolina, in the Appalachian Mountains, the, the move of the Holy Spirit moved, and then a few years later, 20 years later, Azusa Street happened. And there was this move of the Holy Spirit. Now, what just the United States, the whole world, Africa, Asia, Australia, is all over the, Europe. And then in the 60s, Ms., we were talking, Miss Chris was talking about 60s, 70s time frame, they had the Jesus movement, right? And she said that she heard somebody talking about how what's coming next is the love of the Father movement. Right, It's the love of the Father. And as I was studying this, and I came up to that verse that's talking about the kindness of God that draws man to forgiveness or repentance, I realized that that's showing love. And what greater way for him to show his love to have an impact for Deritter? I, I mean, honestly, I would love the whole world to be good. Right now, I'm in Deritter. God's got me in Deritter. Let's focus on Deritter. Let's focus on Christ's way. What better way to show his love is to show his love and to show his kindness? You want to pray it out? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you for what it is that you put in us, what you desire us to do. Lord, you have a desire for us, a mission for us, Lord, and you prepare us for it, Lord. Help us to find out what that is and receive the training we need, to receive the knowledge that we need so that we can be in the calling and be in the works that you have for us so that we can impact Deritter, so we can impact Rose Pine, so we can impact Southwest Louisiana in a way that hasn't been impacted in a long time, Lord. 
Lord, I ask that you give us the ability to show grace, the ability to have grace, and the ability to receive grace, Lord. Help us to, to feel your love at all times, Lord. I thank you for all that you do, and I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You are dismissed. Love y'all. Thank you for listening.